0: We have an advocacy alert that we wanted to make the ALS community aware of, so we have a bit of bonus content for you here on Connecting ALS. We're going to bring in an expert to bring us up to speed. I'm here with Marianne Kuhn, VP of Care Services at our chapter of the ALS Association to discuss a pressing legislative issue for the ALS community. Welcome Marianne. Thanks for the time today. Absolutely. And just to bring everyone up to speed. Back in early March, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, as you'll often hear them called, uh, announced that non-invasive home ventilators, a critical piece of life support for many people living with ALS, would be added to the competitive bidding program in 2021. This is a problem. And Marianne, you always have your finger on the pulse of these advocacy issues for the ALS community, so we'll get deeper into it. But first, could you explain for our listeners, exactly what the competitive bidding process is.
1: Sure. So competitive bidding is where Medicare will ask equipment companies to submit a bid on what a piece of equipment will cost. Now, normally this can be good because it can help keep prices down. So they submit the bids and then CMS will choose the lowest bid and ask each company to set that price. So when they are getting reimbursements, that's the price that they get reimbursed at.
0: Okay, so on the surface, like you said, it sounds like the program has good intentions, but tell us why adding non-invasive home ventilators to the list will be an issue for many people with ALS.
1: Yeah, so sometimes what will happen is if you set these bids too low, so equipment companies can't get reimbursed at a level that will cover their costs. With respiratory equipment, you need specialists who know how to use the equipment, who know how to repair it, and those services are also not typically covered by CMS. So equipment companies are already kind of taking a hit to have a respiratory therapist available for these pieces of equipment.
0: Servicing and maintaining the equipment. Sure.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So when you have a, a, a price set that is at a level where companies may not be able to afford to continue to provide that product, then it makes getting access to it that much more difficult.
0: Got it. So adding ventilator to this list, this process will actually reduce access for a population that is at extremely high risk for respiratory failure. And I suppose that could ultimately mean more trips to the ER, longer hospital stays, uh, fewer home care options, and then ultimately higher costs for Medicare and Medicaid, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It, It is a vital piece of equipment and being able to access it being able to get to a company that can repair things when they go wrong. uh, These are critical for people with ALS.
0: Okay, so we know, we recognize, obviously, that this is a serious issue. What can we do as a community to speak out against it? Who should we be calling and emailing and tweeting at? The
1: simplest thing you can do is contact your members of Congress. You need to ask them. There are some dear colleague letters that are going around um, that they can sign on to that will ask the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid not to include non-invasive ventilation in a competitive bidding process, but simply just contact your members of Congress and say, we can't have this on on competitive bidding.
0: Because those dear colleague letters, those can go a long way in initial stages like this, right?
1: They absolutely can, because it shows that more and more members of Congress care about this issue, are concerned about what impact this would have on people living with ALS, and that the more that we can get members of Congress united behind a situation like this, CMS will listen to us and, and hear those concerns. And, you know, it can be as simple as they can make a rule change then, and this can get resolved.
0: What exactly is a dear colleague letter? Yeah,
1: so a dear colleague letter is a letter that is usually put together by a member of Congress that is sent out and he or she is asking other members of Congress to sign on and support whatever issue they are talking about at that moment. So the benefit of a dear colleague letter is that it creates momentum and the more members of Congress that we can get signed on to an issue, you, you can collectively start pushing an
0: issue forward. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And I assume if people have questions about either the message itself or how to contact their local legislators, they can get in touch with their chapter of the ALS Association for that help, right?
1: Absolutely. Chapters are a great resource.
0: All right. Thank you, Marianne, for shedding some light on a very important topic.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Just so everyone is aware, there is a deadline on these Dear Colleague letters that we just spoke of. uh, That is May 31st. So if you're going to reach out to your legislator, make sure that you do it before the end of the month. May 31st deadline for the Dear Colleague letters. One of our goals with Connecting ALS is to make sure the community is aware of these kinds of legislative matters as they happen. So be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or at ConnectingALS.org to make sure you're getting all the latest content.